Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for June 11th, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Our sermon today is entitled, Nearness of God. I love her voice. I love her style. I love her pizzazz. I do not love one of her songs, just one. Bette Midler belts out, God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. No, 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 no. Great tune, terrible theology. But Bette Midler, I don't think, is a theologian. So she made good money off that great tune. But if you believe the words of that song, that is bad, bad theology. We start today a summer sermon series where we take your questions, your ideas, your wanderings, and turn turn them into sermons. And we begin with this question that was turned in, where does God live? If you Google it, Google knows. And so I did. And this is what you might find among the many, many other bad theology places. But this is just kind of factual. This isn't bad theology. If you Google it, you might find that first there was a Jewish tabernacle Moses constructed when the Jews were making their way from Egypt to the Promised Land. And the glory of God was housed there in the Holy of Holies. This was God's house from about 1437 B.C. until 957 B.C. But the next house was Solomon's temple built in 957 B.C. The Ark of the Covenant had been in the tabernacle, was now transferred to a more stable building. This temple was God's address until the Babylonians ransacked Jerusalem and destroyed the temple in 586 B.C. God's next address was the same location but a different house. The Jews returned to Jerusalem and rebuilt the temple in 516 B.C. And this second temple was rather drab compared to Solomon's edifice. But about 45 years before Jesus was born, Herod the Great undertook an extreme makeover of the temple. It took almost 50 years to upgrade the temple to the majestic appearance it had during the time of Jesus. God lives in the Ark of the Covenant, in the Holy of Holies, It's almost comical to think about how the early believers thought that they could actually contain the very presence of God, keeping it hidden and safe and secure. That feels a little more like magical thinking than faith to me. But I often, when you listen to people talk, wonder how far we have come in our own notions about where God is and how God works. I wonder if we still lean toward that magical thinking way. 
Thomas Merton said, life is this simple. We are living in a world that is absolutely transparent and God is shining through it all the time. We are living in a world that is absolutely transparent and God is shining through it all the time. We just have to pay attention. If you want to know where God lives, might I suggest you just pay attention. After I tried the Google method to answering the question before us today, where does God live? I went to my next best source. It's our Facebook private group entitled Saturday Night Sermon Writing Club. This is our collection of a handful of preacher friends scattered across the country with whom we collaborate and commiserate during the week over the task of writing sermons. I gave them this prompt. Your best answers to the question, where does God live? And go. And the responses came pouring in. The first was, in church, duh, it is God's house. Not as helpful, Don. And then the answers got more serious. Where does God live? Wherever there is love. On the margins. Among the least of these. Where does God live? In the work of justice and peace in those who suffer, in the desire to please others? Where does God live? In worship, in prayer, in community, in communion. Where does God live? In the discipline of study. When we head over in just a few minutes for our talk back, I would love to hear some of your answers. You might be better than Google, you might be even better than the Saturday Night Sermon Writing Club. God, it seems, lives everywhere. I love that that was the first answer and really the only answer that a child gave. And once you say everywhere, what else is there to say? Our insatiable need to find a home for God a resting place, a dwelling, a location, a container really says more about us than about God. Our own need to find a sense of home for ourselves, both literally and figuratively, shows our need to be settled, comfortable, safe, and secure. God does not need those things. So it's not that it's a bad question, it's a good question, and one we should ponder. I just don't think it's an important question. God does not settle. I can imagine that God is never comfortable. God travels to the unsafe places as well as the gated communities with ease. You may know that Russ and I have very recently moved. As a matter of fact, we are still moving. This seemed like such a good idea nine months ago. Now I'm just tired. It's still a good idea, but I am tired of it. 
So now we own two homes because we did the unthinkable. We bought before we sold. We are smarter than we seem. I think my brother told some of you at our recent graduation party for Bennett that y'all were paying us too much money, clearly. <laughs> He's a riot. <laughs> anyway, we call our two abodes our city home and our country home. They are three miles apart. <laughs> Every day for the past couple of months, our family has had to clarify with one another where we are going when we say we're going home. Old house or new house? Eastburn Road or Spring House Lane? Half of our life is in one house, the other half of our life is in the other. Several Sundays I've had to run by the old house because I didn't have the right shoes at the new house. I have felt a bit displaced and discombobulated, to say the least. I just want to be settled with all the boxes that hold our lives unpacked. But I got to wondering as I thought about where does God live, perhaps I should be thinking a little more about living where God lives. Where do we live? Where do you live? In, in a house, yes, but that's not where we are supposed to live. We are supposed to live on the earth among all of God's creation. If God lives everywhere, we should live everywhere too. A house is just a, a place to keep your stuff while you're living on the earth. I would like to sell one of the houses that's keeping some of our stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a house. And perhaps I should be less fixated on a house and learn to make my home the same place that is God's home. And if my preacher friends are right, if I want to live where God lives, then my home is where there is love and on the margins and among the least of these. I need to be living in the work of justice and peace and with those who suffer and in the desire to please others. My home should be in worship, in prayer, in community, in communion, in the discipline of study. And if I add your expertise to it, I should be living everywhere. And in our hearts and relationships, and at Park Road Baptist Church. I do live here. I'm not kidding. <laughs> There's a Celtic saying that heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in the thin places, that distance is even smaller. And a thin place it's where the veil that separates heaven and earth is lifted and one is able to receive a glimpse of the glory of God. I think of the horizon, that line where the sky seems to literally touch the earth if you have a clear view. That optical illusion that there is 
actually a line where the two touch, sky and earth. And in spiritual language, we often call that heaven and earth. It's that place on the horizon where the two do come together in one line. Whenever we move, we hang pictures immediately, lots and lots of pictures. Like we hang them on the first night we're there. In our new breakfast room, Spring House Lane, there was a perfect wall for our three paintings of the three homes we have owned. We've actually owned four. One of them I hated so much (laughs) that I never want a painting of that house. I just want to forget it and call it done. So three homes that I loved that we've owned. And we hung those three paintings on that wall in our new breakfast room so that as we sit in our new place, we can gaze upon old memories of our life together. But those are just the houses that have been space for thin places. That Celtic phrase, thin place. A place where the boundary between heaven and earth is especially thin. It's a place where we can sense the divine more readily. I am drawn to this notion of thin places. This may be difficult for us thick-headed people to capture. But I think that is where God lives in the thin places where the divine meets the world. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that God is the beyond in our midst. Maybe that's the best way to describe this hodgepodge we get from Scripture about where does God live. God lives in the beyond in our midst. So if you're looking for an answer, where does God live? Right there. Right here. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.